Yeah, organizing my thoughts around sound bites or those ideas that I really want people to connect with is something that I think has really helped me keep my copy focused. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. It's no secret that I think copywriting is a skill that every business person needs to learn. No, I'm not saying that you need to become a copywriter, but I do think that everyone should learn enough copywriting to be dangerous. But I don't have to convince you. My guess is that's why you're listening to this episode to sharpen your copywriting skills. We've recorded a lot of episodes about copywriting over the years, and we've compiled some of our favorites in the show notes. But the goal of this episode is to consolidate some of those ideas into a single post. While this episode isn't comprehensive, it does contain some of our favorite ideas and principles around making your copy more compelling. As always, links and resources can be found in the show notes. Check them out at davianchrista.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review over at Apple Podcasts. Now, on to the episode. All right, spring break, right around the corner. What's one thing you want to do with the kids? I'm excited for their Easter baskets, which I know does not make you very excited, but I'm excited for their Easter baskets and egg dyeing. And then we're going to see our parents for Easter and I'm going to pack Easter eggs to do an egg hunt. Yeah. See, I feel like, you know, all those festivities were more important in your family than they were mine. I know. Like, I, I remember egg hunts and things like that. I can't that. see and, your dad hiding eggs. Oh, well, he did. No, <laughs> he did. You know, and I remember it was fun eating chocolate and stuff. Yes. But, you know, I feel like to this day, for all of our married life, even pre-kids, your mom has sent us Easter baskets. And in Valentine's the mail. candy and all of the things. Halloween. Yeah. It's like, like she any sends excuse Halloween for candy. Stuff. Any excuse for candy. But it is. It's more fun. It's more fun now that we have the kids, right? Bennett is dairy-free. So we found a dairy-free Easter bunny on Amazon. So I like how you included me in that. Like I put any effort into no, finding I those did. things. I appreciate so that you did. I'm that. very curious to see how this dairy-free chocolate tastes. Yeah. I'll eat the I'll eat the other stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, you know, I just I love this time of year cuz I love this time of year anyways doing chores. Uh-huh. By the time summer rolls around, I'll be, you know, cursing those same chores. You will. Yeah. But for now, I really enjoy those. You know, we have new chicks in the brooder and you in know, case I think you we're going to Don't live on a farm. A brooder is like a little I don't know. It's like a it's a containment space for chicks because they can't just go out with the rest of the chickens because they're too small. They need to be kept in a certain temperature. And that that happens, I'd say, at least six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in there. But today we're talking, I think we have 11, I think we <laughs> counted right this time, 11 copywriting tips to make your copy more persuasive. I know. I think it was our husband and wife episode. We skipped number four. We didn't realize yeah. that till the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, We've been wanting to record an episode about copywriting for a while now, in part to consolidate a lot of the things that we've learned from the different copywriting episodes that we've done on this podcast. So if you are in the process of trying to improve your copy, maybe you're creating a new website, you know, and you need to write copy for that. You're just Mm -hmm. trying to maybe up-level your copywriting game for social media, whatever. Hopefully this episode will be helpful, but I encourage you to go and check out the other episodes that we have that feature copywriters. Mm-hmm. Just this year, I think we've done yeah, three, we've done a bunch. at least that I can think of, yeah. and it's only March. And I think, yeah, <laughs> and I think it's just such an important, I tell people this all the time, like if there's one skill in your business that you need to learn in addition to what you do, right? I would mm-hmm. say copywriting. 
you know, learn enough copywriting just to make yourself dangerous. Right. You know, and I think that's the kind of skill that's going to go a really, really long way. I mean, we have an intern and I think one of the things that we've been trying to emphasize this year is copywriting right. because that's a skill that's going to be applied to so many different areas of marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's a skill that a lot of people struggle with. I would say that if people are hung up on their website, a lot of times it's the copy that hangs them up more so than like choosing images or visuals. Yeah. I 100% agree. So we're going to go through these 11 tips because there are 11. We're going to, you're going to have to keep me, yeah, keep me on task. Here. Okay. All right. So these are tips to make your copy more persuasive in no particular order here as well. Okay. So one of the things that we talk a lot about is social proof. And so our first tip is to back up every claim with social proof. Okay. This is one of the best ways that you can build trust with your audience is by proving that others also trust you. Mm-hmm. And so are you thinking like testimonials or are there other ways to include social proof? Yeah, I'm thinking case studies, testimonials, other forms of social proof might be like just like screenshots from, you know, maybe a Facebook group that's raving about your product Mm -hmm. or your course or, you know, whatever. And, you know, to that end, I don't think social proof has to be polished. Sometimes it's better than when it's not. Now, there are certain instances on your website, I think on the general pages of your website, Mm -hmm. where maybe you want a more refined look, especially if you're serving a luxury level clientele, right? Right. You know, I think there's ways to show off your testimonials that fit with the aesthetic of the rest of your site. Yeah. If you're selling a course though, and you know, I'm just thinking about courses that, I mean, running an advertising agency, we work with a lot of course creators. And I think right. some of the more effective sales pages, it's a ton of screenshots from like Facebook, Facebook and people reviewing their product, you know, right. things like that. And I think like, you know, yeah, people don't read each and every review, but just that sort of overwhelm of, oh, wow. There's a lot of people who've gotten a lot of value out of this, Mm -hmm. right? Can go a long way. But social proof builds authority. And would you say that like somebody makes a claim in their text and then like right below needs to be social proof? Or do you just mean like in general, they can all be kind of mixed together on the same page? I don't mean it super literally, okay, but kind of, you know, like whenever you can back up a claim you're making with some sort of proof, you know, especially if it's somebody else saying it. I think that's, you know, one of the strongest ways that you can establish yourself as an authority, Okay. right? But I don't mean it literally like, you know, you write a sentence and then all of a sudden you have a testimonial. Got it. So you can break up the page and work with your designer on that. So what is tip two? Stay focused on the result. Mm -hmm. All right. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know that we talk about staying benefit focused. So that's what we mean. Stay focused on the result. So is this like selling the hole and not the drill? Is that what you mean? Or? Yeah, selling the hole, not the drill. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when people are buying a drill, what are they interested in? They're interested in making a hole, right. you know, or to, you know, do what, so as to do whatever. Right. But really, you know, what results are you promising your buyer persona or customer avatar? Like what results do they care about? Mm-hmm. And there's some nuance here, you know, that I think it's worth thinking through again, why customer avatars are important. Now, think about any sort of like health or fitness program, Uh all right? And I know I go here a lot, but I think if you want to become a good marketer, if you can find some really good health or fitness programs and just look at what they're doing and copy some of those tactics, I think you'll be in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. (laughs) Anyways, but you can get in shape. You can want to get in shape for multiple reasons, right? Mm -hmm. So it can be to look good. It can be to feel good, or it could be longevity health. Right. And I actually think those are three different customer avatars, even though maybe looking good and feeling good have some overlap or longevity and feeling good have some overlap. Right. Right. But I think, you know, again, I'm just thinking about the 
fitness podcast that I listen to, you Mm -hmm. know, I think that probably a different person listens to, you know, that bodybuilding podcast than somebody who listens to like the Huberman lab or Peter Atiyah's the drive. Mm -hmm. Right. So whereas the latter are probably more interested in like health and longevity, whereas I assume a bodybuilder is more interested in like, you know, building muscle and looking good. Right. Right. If you're wondering, <laughs> I like the the podcast that I just mentioned, you know, the Huberman Lab, Peter T is the drive. People but, are like wondering if you're a bodybuilder in your no, free time. I think if they've seen me, they're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is why I think customer avatars are so important. So, you know, bring this back in maybe the wedding industry, which might be more relevant to more of you. You know, does a bride at the luxury level, right? There's a number of different kinds of brides, mm-hmm. right? Is it reputation that they care about? You right. know, do they want to work with the best vendors and they want everybody to know that they're working with the best vendors? Like the vendors who have shot all of the celebrity weddings. Yeah, exactly. Or do they care more about somebody who's just super skilled at capturing those intimate family moments, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's a number of different kinds of luxury level brides, you right. know? And I think that's true of pretty much any industry. So thinking through those nuances, I think is really important. What results does your buyer persona care about? And really focusing on showing off those things, right? right? There are a few copywriting prompts that we like that you can use to stay benefit focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go through some of these just so that we're giving proper attribution here. Some of these have come from other episodes that we've recorded. I think at least one of them has come from Jessica Jordana. Yes. The episode that we did this year, we'll include it in the show notes with Jessica Jordana. Yeah. And another one is one that my business partner over at Till, Jesse, often says. So mm-hmm. the first one that I like is do this so that. All right. So do you have an example of that? Yeah. You know, I should have written down an example, you know, but the point being is like, I'm just thinking, just pull an example from the top of my head, email marketing, Uh right? If I'm writing a post about email marketing and I'm telling people that email marketing is important. Okay. Well, why really thinking through, why should somebody do email marketing? Mm -hmm. Do email marketing so that you can have a reliable source of income, Mm -hmm. right? Or something along those lines. But when you tell somebody to do something, really connect it to the, so that, you know, right. Again, and I think that this is especially important if you're selling more of a mundane product, right. Going back to the hole in the drill example, like a drill is pretty mundane, right? right. When I go and I look at a drill, you know, it's like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. You, you don't know? know like the power <laughs> yeah, or right. settings or how so many drill so, bits. That's yeah. a thing, right? Drill bits. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, for somebody like me, it's like, Hey, is this thing going to be easy to use and quick to use, mm-hmm. you know? So anyways, another one is since you this, then you want to that. And I think you probably have an example for that. Yeah. So since you're tired of spending X amount of money on takeout, then you want to grab our list of easy weeknight recipes. Awesome. Yeah. I like that one a lot as Mm -hmm. well. The third one is because you're here, I know you want to do this. Right. So because you're here or on our page, then you want to get more traffic to your site from search engines could be an example. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I love how, you know, you're just way more organized than I am. (laughs) What do you mean? No, you have these examples just ready to go, you know. (laughs) Anyways, let's move on to three. Okay. Number three, tell a story and use good storytelling practices. Something else that we talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's the main character? Not just because you're a former English teacher. That's right. I'm a big fan of storytelling. Although my family tells me that I don't tell a good story, but you know. That's not for podcast land. That's for therapy. I think that's just yeah. your brother. Your brother's really good at telling stories. <laughs> he is. He is. So who's the main character of this story that your business is telling? Not you. You're the guide. 
drop them into the middle of the story. I think that's a good way of just engaging people. We just recorded a podcast episode about hooks, you know, mm-hmm. and grabbing people's attention. When you drop people in the middle of the action, you know, people want to see how it resolves. Right. right? So again, one thing that I would I'd mention here is don't forget to tell people the what it is that you're selling or offering, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're dropping in the story or if you're writing a sales page, right? then tell the story. Yeah. And this is something that I see often, like people will write their whole website about themselves maybe and not realize like their goal of the website is to appeal to their ideal client. So you should always be thinking about that person as you write your story. Yeah, 100%. We talk a lot about this in various episodes of the podcast, but you just want to make sure it's not about you. Yeah. All right. Like there's a way to convey that you're the authority and an expert Mm -hmm. without making it so much about you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number four. Appeal to emotions. Yep. Appeal to emotions. So this should go without saying, but I'll start here. Don't be manipulative, mm-hmm. all right? We're not trying to be manipulative about it. We're not trying to be clickbaity about it either. You know, right. we're not we're trying to j- just say something to get people fired up for the sake of firing them up, mm-hmm. you know? But, and I mentioned this in our previous episode about creating a good hook. Checking out Maslow's hierarchy of needs is helpful, right? right? So if you're not familiar with that, Google it. But Maslow's hierarchy of needs goes something like this. Physiological needs, all right? So food, water, et cetera. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Safety needs, maybe shelter, mm-hmm. right? love and belonging, all right? Mm-hmm. Belonging to something, a community, esteem. So I think reputation right. and self-actualization, you know, becoming something, becoming a better version of you. Mm-hmm. Understanding kind of where your product fits is important, right. right? Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not so obvious. Maybe sometimes there's a little bit of overlap, you know, like you could definitely be offering something that brings people into a community, uh-huh. but it's also, you know, has a reputation component to it. But really thinking through what people desire here and speaking to those desires is going to make your copy more persuasive, Mm -hmm. all right? In part, because it's going to be speaking to something that's just so, I don't know, natural, right? Or so inherent in a person's being, right? right? So, you know, the obvious examples, like if you are a prepper, like a doomsday prepper, right? You'd be really hammering home the physiological needs and safety needs. That is like an extreme example. I know. And I know there's probably not a ton of preppers listening to this podcast, but it's a huge industry. Is it? Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I know. Mm. How do you know that? Because of uh, (laughs) my business partners over at Till. We've had a number of conversations about it and they know some preppers. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Anyways, what do people desire? What do people fear? You know, really, you know, look to tap into those things. Yeah, I looked up an example because I know that this is something that Dave Ramsey is good at. So on his Financial Peace University sales page, the hero spot says, join the millions. So bringing people into like a community who never have to worry about money again. So yeah, yeah. and that's, I think, a powerful driver, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I think this is why Dave Ramsey spoke to us, right? Is because, you know, we come from a background of being really heavily in debt, Mm -hmm. you know, when we first started our marriage. So yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely speaking to a fear that people have or anxiety right. that people have. Yeah. And inviting them into something else. Right. So I think a good example too, a good example of not being manipulative. All right, five, rolling through these things. Establishing authority. Yes, establishing yourself as the guide or authority. And I think this can be done by doing a lot of what we just talked about, social proof, mm-hmm. pointing to results, all right? Creating content and pointing to your experience. I think those are four ways of establishing yourself as an authority. Now, I want to speak to one of these things because we've talked about a number of these other things, Mm -hmm. all right? But content, all right? 
If you're just getting started and maybe you don't have a lot of social proof, you don't have a lot of other people who are pointing to you as the expert, right? All right, you don't have a lot of experience to point to, something that you can do is just create a lot of content around whatever it is that you do. Mm-hmm. That's a good way for people to start viewing you as an authority in your space. And I mean, just for an example, I'm thinking like a florist might, or a new florist who doesn't have a lot of experience yet or social proof might create posts like, the five best spring flowers for your wedding bouquet or like the 10 things you need to know about bridesmaids bouquets or how to make your flowers last longer than your wedding day. Yes. I'm not a florist, so I don't know. (laughs) The things that I like about the topics that you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. there is an aspect to them that I feel like just highly pinnable. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and very practical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, content like that though can demonstrate your competence in whatever you do. Right. All right. So this is really what I would focus on if I was just getting started. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, not at the expense of those other things. I'd still be developing relationships with my industry and so on and so forth. Right. But I would really put a high priority on creating uh, valuable content. Number six, think and write in sound bites. Yes. I think this is just so heavily tied to a topic we were just discussing, which is how to create an effective hook. Mm -hmm. All right. It's really those sound bites that people remember. Right. All right. And so if you can start thinking in those sound bites, okay, then I think it's going to make it easier for people not only to consume your content, but also to remember your content. Mm -hmm. All right. So it not only makes it more easy to consume, but it makes it more memorable as well. And so something that we've been trying to keep keep in mind in the podcast as well. Right. You know, what is the sound bite here that we really want to highlight? Mm-hmm. I have a tendency, you know, you give me a point like this, just go on and on and on and on and right. on. Right. You know, I have lots to say about it. I feel like you can never fit in enough. You know, there's always something else I want to say, especially when I'm writing, you know, I'll write a full paragraph and just realize, like, I wonder how many people read that whole paragraph, right. you know, on that sales page that I just wrote or whatever. But if you can pull out the sound bite and make that a heading, let's say. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to make that section, it's going to pack a little bit more punch. It's going to make it a little bit more memorable and it's going to convey the point that much easier. Right. And so we were talking yesterday about some examples. One that I thought of is going to be, you're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. And when we came up with this, Kayla and our assistant and I, we couldn't even remember where it was, came from the company men's warehouse, but we just remember the line. And I think maybe because we've heard it so many times or it's just like such a memorable soundbite. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Ramsey also has a very memorable soundbite as well. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's not just kind of the big idea, right? You can apply this to anything, Mm -hmm. you know? So like an individual podcast episode, a piece of blog post content. And if you want to know more of what I mean, check out our episode on hooks as well. Cool. Number seven, make it personal. Yes, make the problem, challenge, possibility real, Mm. all right? Now, this is important, especially for content that is maybe a little bit more generic, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I guess an example I'm thinking of, and I don't think it's necessarily generic content, so I don't mean it in a sort of demeaning way, but our color palette post, Mm -hmm. which was super popular. People seem to love it. But one of the things that we, you know, as we were writing, you know, the social post for it, one of the edits that we made- Mm -hmm was going from check out these color palettes, right? Right. To is your color palette out, Mm -hmm. right? I think just simply by making it personal, all right, it makes it pack a little bit more punch. Yeah, because then people see it and they're like, oh my gosh, are my colors not 
in anymore? Do I need to change my whole brand? Yeah. And, you know, maybe that wasn't a great example on my part, but whatever you can do to make the problem real to somebody. Just as an example, recently bought a new car. So last year, well, a used car. But anyways, at CarMax, buying this car, new to me, right? And they're, you know, CarMax is sort of disorienting because no one's trying to sell you. I kind of like going, like when I'm interested in a product, I want somebody to sell me on that product. You know, we walked in and like, I feel like nobody walked up to us for nobody a few really minutes. Nobody really cares, <laughs> you know, and it's like, uh, you know, which car do you think is better? It's kind of like, well. They're like, here, go look at the like. cars on the lot and no one even walks out with you. Yeah, right. Anyways. It's like, enjoy, have fun. So anyways, what they really try to pitch you on is their max care, their warranty. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring this up is because the first guy, he explained all the parts out of the warranty that are covered, Right how long the car would be covered, you know, so on and so forth. And I just wasn't interested. Okay? Right. The second guy, he almost got me to buy this MaxCare warranty. You know, he sat down, he, you know, and I guess this is where they make their real money because like, again, going from a, a situation where we were buying a car and nobody was selling us right. to all of a sudden we're talking about this warranty and now I have multiple people around me trying to get me to buy this warranty. Right. Second guy sits down next to me and says, oh, you know, my heated seats, my car just went out. Guess how much it costs, you know, to get this fixed. You know, and I'm, I don't know, $1,000, whatever. He goes, $3,500. You know, it's the middle winter. I'm about to go on this road trip. You know, this is something that I just never would have expected to to go out in my car. And, you know, but I have the MaxCare plan and they took care of it. No problem. Fix was made within a week and I was ready to go. And so, you know, the second guy, he made it personal. He did. You know, mm-hmm. and so that, you know, that was one of those things where I was like, all right, maybe it is worth it to get it. We did not. We did it. Yeah. I did. Dave some- Ramsey. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. I did some research. <laughs> yeah, you as well. You as well. I feel like it's a very Dave Ramsey approach though. It is. He does not recommend extended care warranties. All right. We're almost there. Okay. Eight. Eight. Eliminate risk. All right. So what are the reasons that someone might not invest? If you are creating a sales page, if you're creating a services page, I would actually write all those reasons down on a piece of paper. And don't it's put help them you on the sales next, page though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, write it on a piece of paper, not necessarily for the sales page, but write them all out. All right. So actually put pen to paper to do this and try to come up with ways that you can eliminate or overcome those objections. Okay. All right. So try to speak to those, I don't know, those risks, those liabilities in your sales copy, mm-hmm. but in a way that overcomes them. Now, there's some simple ways that you can do this. Uh-huh. Money back guarantee, just guarantees in general, you know, maybe offer some sort of built-in support, you know, if people are worried that they can't. They won't be able to complete it or put it together on their own experience, you know, pointing to others and saying, hey, all these other people have been able to get this result by doing this. So you know, like you social proof in that or? Yeah, I think to a certain extent, social proof elim- helps people eliminate risk as well. Like if it worked for so many other people, why wouldn't it work for me? So what those are kind of like, I feel like more producty based risk eliminators. What would you say for like a service-based risk eliminator? But you can't offer a money back guarantee or maybe built in support. Yeah. I mean, I think pointing to some of the things that we talked about earlier as well, like Mm -hmm. your experience, you know, I think there's also ways to, I don't know, convey that you can overcome some sort of an objection without having to actually spell out that objection. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have a good example off the top of my head, to be honest, but I think this next tip could help. All right. What is this next tip? Overcoming objections with FAQs. I think this is one of your favorites, right? It is. And I think whether you're writing a sales page or a services page, this is something that you can do, mm-hmm. right? So FAQs, I think a lot of people get confused here because I think when people think FAQs, a lot of times they're thinking like technical FAQs. 
Mm-hmm. So if let's say I just bought a product and I'm trying to put it together and they have an FAQ guide that comes with it, you know, that's trying to head off some support questions, mm-hmm. but it's different than maybe a, a set of marketing FAQs. So let's see, just as an example here, let's say you are a film wedding photographer. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the objections that somebody might have is, well, what happens if like the film gets lost or destroyed, right? Now you could list that out as an, an FAQ. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that though. Because when you ask a question, it opens the mind to a certain, I don't know, realm of possibility. And somebody may not have even been considering that a roll of film could be lost or destroyed. Exactly. So instead of saying what happens if a roll of film is destroyed, you might try something like what are the advantages of shooting film, Mm -hmm. you know? But again, like in this case, you know, this is another place where you can probably overcome this objection in your sales copy with even without an FAQ by pointing to your experience. You know, you've been shooting film for, I don't know, 30 years and you've never, you know, had somebody's wedding destroyed. Now, I wouldn't say that on the sales copy, but I would hammer home your experience with shooting film, Mm -hmm. you know. But anyways, how you frame a question I think is so important. And this is something that I just fascinates me, right? Because it really can change the way somebody thinks about something, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, just as a silly little example, but you can see how this might work in business as well. You know, our son, Jack, is not a great eater. So, you know, sometimes breakfast time is a struggle. (laughs) So if you ask him like, hey, Jack, you want some scrambled eggs? He's probably just going to be like, no. Yeah. You know, and then where does that leave you? (laughs) You know, (laughs) either with an argument about eggs or maybe trying to guess in, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but if you say, hey, Jack, you want some scrambled eggs or yogurt? Most of the time he's going to pick one, you know? And so instead of one question kind of leading to an inevitable no or maybe argument in the morning, right? Right. The other one, again, points his mind to, hey, these are the two options, Right. right? So- yeah, I'm gonna have to dig up an old presentation that I did at I think a show it's United Conference about how asking questions can help frame people's responses. Mm. You know. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Point ten, two more. Create a sense of urgency. Yeah. So I think a lot of people's minds go to artificial ways to create a sense of urgency. Like countdown timers. Exactly. Limited it's, time sales. Exactly, exactly. But really, the picture that you're trying to paint is what would life look like if this problem wasn't solved? Mm. Trying to make people realize that whatever problem they're facing right now costs them something Mm -hmm. and trying to make them realize what it costs them. Right. Like maybe lost business, lost opportunities. Maybe it's keeping you from booking your dream clients. Yeah, exactly. And again, this is another area. Where can you go for some great inspiration? Tell me. Fitness. Fitness, right? (laughs) You go to like any sort of fitness and nutrition program, you know, and I guarantee you they're going to talk about, you know, how much does it cost you right now that you don't feel good, Mm -hmm. you know, that you feel tired and you lack energy and, you know, whatever and and so on and so forth. So you're really trying to agitate a problem, you know, so as to, I don't know, communicate that it's, it's a problem worth fixing right now, now, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously again, if you're running a service-based business, especially at a luxury level, you're not really trying to like point people to, you know, point at the fire, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, But there are still ways that you can try to create a sense of urgency around reaching out to you. Again, it might be exclusivity. You Mm -hmm. know, you might only take a certain amount of weddings or events or whatever a year, you know, or work with a certain amount of clients at a time. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, I think that the problems that you mentioned too, also very practical, like what kind of business are you missing out of? What kind of opportunities are you missing out on? Because your website isn't up to date. Right. Because you don't have an SEO strategy, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might be. 
All right. Last tip, which kind of relates to our previous podcast episode, make every heading and caption a hook. That's right. And so we'll go through this briefly because you can listen to a whole podcast episode about this, but similar to thinking in sound bites, right? To a certain extent, these are the same tip. (laughs) (laughs) Every heading should draw someone in and push them on. All right. Uh So you think about headings, what we're talking about are those, you know, big, bold pieces of text that break up, I don't know, paragraphs of text, Mm -hmm. right? But it's not just the heading. I mean, this is true of major design elements too. You know, how's your imagery? How's the design pulling people, somebody further into the funnel, further into the page, right? right? And what you want to do is after writing a section, ask yourself how you would summarize that section in a single sentence. But as you're summarizing that sentence or that paragraph in a single sentence, you want to make sure that you do it in a way that piques somebody's curiosity, mm-hmm. all right? Or, you know, I don't know, it speaks to one of their needs or desires, uh-huh. right? But if you focus on, again, asking yourself, what's the next step, all right? And really employing some of these tactics to get people to that next step mm-hmm. every step of the way, you know, you're going to have a lot more success, a lot more engagement, a lot more people that are actually spending time on, your content, whether it's a sales page or a blog post. Right. All right. Well, did we do it? 30 minutes. We're about 30 minutes on the dot. All right. <laughs> so that's that's what we had planned. Let us know what your favorite tip is. Yeah. All right. So if you find this content helpful, we always appreciate it if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Mm-hmm. And if you have a favorite tip, let us know by sending us a DM on Instagram or send us an email. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantCrista.com. 